Corner Justice Marandela and Zama Fam. We see your good morning messages there. Thanks so much for tuning in. Let's talk now the impact of climate change on mental health. So our next guest says that climate change poses a severe threat to mental health. In a report released by the Center for Environmental Rights, it explains that young people, women and children living in towns that produce coal energy are most vulnerable to climate change. A delayed response from government only exacerbates this vulnerability. So our guest says dealing with the effects of extreme climate events on mental health is equally as important as addressing the natural disaster event. Let's talk to Garrett Barnwell. Clinical and community, Dr. Garrett Bunnell, clinical and community psychologist joining us now. Good morning, doctor. How are you? Good morning. Thanks very much for having me and uh, also to your listeners. Good morning. We appreciate your time. So there's a thing called eco-anxiety around this topic. What is it uh, essentially? Yeah, so eco-anxiety is a term that um, has really come to... uh, attention in the last couple of years because of the climate crisis and basically what it is is it's a popular term to describe what people are experiencing at the moment as they uh, face um, the climate crisis. Um, on that note though, uh, so what, what can that be? So it's worrying about the future, worrying about uh, certain events that can include a range of kind of feelings related to um, uh, climate change, so anger, anxiety, uh, fear, and so forth. But what I want to also say, so you'll see eco-anxiety and climate anxiety a lot mm. in, in, in the news. Um, what I want to say is actually if you look at the report, the mental health impacts are so broad and uh, so much more. So we're actually speaking about a range of uh, different traumas and stresses that people can be exposed to. So um, if we think about so climate anxiety is a good way to kind of think about the crisis and helps us give a word that encapsulates encapsulates everything, but what we're talking about is really different kind of direct stresses, so natural disasters, water insecurity, financial insecurity, and so forth, vicariously uh, witnessing others suffering who have potentially uh, been impacted by climate change or anticipated threats, so the losses and damages related to future of climate change. And, um, mm-hmm. yeah, so would you like to speak? So, so is it always fear-based, then, if we talk eco-anxiety, or is it because of maybe the places we live in? So in, is it because of what we're exposed to and what we are seeing, or is it because it's just based on fear? No, so it's definitely uh, so it's a, it's a mixture. Um, so what we're talking about is we're already being impacted by climate change. We know that. Uh, because of day zero in South Africa, the Durban Easter floods. We also know that because of the um, extraordinary uh, droughts that we've been having in South Africa. We also know uh, this because of what scientists tell us, 
uh, to the recent international panel, uh, panel on climate change report that came out that shows us that no matter where you live in the world, uh, you, you will likely be affected and that um, this, the effects are dramatic unless we don't do anything, uh, if, we, if we don't do anything about it. So mm. it's not only uh, a fear of the future, but it's people being affected today uh, with it being these kind of events. And uh, these, when, when these events take place, Basically, we have a range of reactions to it. So we have uh, what what we call post post traumatic stress reactions. Mm. So that's uh, when a very stressful event happens. Someone can have nightmares, fears of the event reoccurring, difficulty sleeping, so forth. Can have depressive reactions. Uh, they can. Uh, despair, have a sense of shame, humiliation, because of, for instance, in droughts where there's, um, and living in a society where there may be hygiene norms, uh, and then also things in the streetments or marginalization, so we, we uh, and so forth. So in the report, what we do is we outline a range of different experiences, which, when you start looking into detail, is pretty dramatic. Um, and we know that uh, many of these things are taking place today. Is, uh, you know, sometimes we say that we need to move and go to a different environment. Is that a way of dealing with this, or of, you know, trying to, I guess, minimize the impact that, that you know, uh, what's going on in terms of our planet and our environments and the toll they have on our mental health, or that's not really going to solve the issue? Yeah, so um, people will have a range of different responses. So definitely what we've seen in the last couple of years is that some people are pushed uh, away from their, their homes. So there's a term that, that people use called uh, climate refugees or climate migrants. Mm. So people living in rural areas that are forced to uh, leave and find work in other areas. And then we had this um, really strange kind of reaction where you had this dream that we can move to Mars and uh, just create another colony somewhere and stuff like that. And that's, that's a bit of magical thinking. Um, you know, one, one thing with climate change uh, is that, and which is quite good, is that we know how to avert the crisis, so there's a very clear pathway is what scientists tell us, and that's to limit uh, the greenhouse gas emissions. Mm. So, yeah, so there's many ways that people are going to try to cope to survive, but there is also a very clear pathway um, as well to tackling the issue, and that in terms of that, we basically rely on governments and um, institutions to um, make the right decisions, essentially. What happens when governments fail and those institutions don't do that, what we need uh, in order to be able to deal with this? How would you advise that we, uh, you know, wrap our heads around this? Because I guess we have to. Wherever you live in the world, there will be natural disasters, so moving is not going to help. 
So how do we deal with this? Yeah. So, um, so to think in terms of institutional responses, in our report we say, okay, so you have this kind of process of uh, people being exposed to multiple stresses and traumas, and uh, what has a really important bearing on how someone reacts or can heal from these kind of events or cope during these events is how institutions respond. So in the uh, report, and uh, basically we can think about institutions of care. Mm -hmm. So institutions of care being those institutions that actually um, are transparent the crisis, varying communities and take uh, measured action in response. And then, and and this helps uh, people because it protects them, but it also shows that there's been uh, something done that can help that traumatic response. Um, but you can also speak about institutional betrayal, and that's when uh, governments or institutions knowingly uh, continue not to take action uh, regardless of, of knowing. And that can make things worse. Mm. So, for instance, uh, you can compare it to uh, sexual abuse where someone has gone through a trauma um, and then they access the system and the system itself, the legal system or whatever it is, uh, creates a sense of secondary trauma. So in this case, we can compare similarly compare these two things. Um, so in the report, what we say is that there's three things that contribute to institutional betrayal. Mm. One is the current level of inaction, because scientists tell us that um, what 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 our governments, uh, the action the government's taking at the moment, um, isn't enough to to avert uh, climate change. Mm. So then, secondly, is the kind of um, we need to consider the institutional uh, failures when it comes to the time that's taken. So are we preparing communities? Are we um, transitioning in time? Yeah. And third? And then the, and then the third being the health consequences. Um, is our public mental health care system equipped to deal with uh, this? And as we know, we've got a uh, 95% gap in care. So the majority of South Africans actually don't have access to mental health care services. Mm. Um, let's let's leave it there. So, Unfortunately, yeah. Doctor, we are out of time. Do you are you open to sharing your uh, footprint in terms of digitally websites and uh, yeah. social media handles? So, yeah. So the reports are freely available on the Centre for Environmental Rights website. Okay. And uh, my social media handles at Thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate your time. Have a great week. And uh, all great, of just, have a lovely day. Thanks so much. Uh, sorry, that's uh, Dr. Garrett Barnwell, clinical and community psychologist. I'm trying to rush out of here. I even forgot to outro that. Olive, you're saying good morning. Sound awake, fam. Just opened my eyes after a weekend of natural service doing voter registration. Happy New Week. Thanks there, fam. Thanks to the team, Kanya Bonani on uh, production. Zalma Tribi on technical production and Andile Mo.